Welcome to The Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. Loneliness can kill our spirit, and it is especially prevalent during the holiday season when it seems everyone else's lives are jolly and bright. With humor and life experience, Jack Eason tackles the issue of loneliness and offers straightforward solutions in his new book, The Loneliness Solution. Jack, I am so glad that you would join me today. I sure appreciate it. Can we start by just having you really introduce yourself to people so they know who your people are and the things that really motivate you? Yeah, sure. I am uh I'm uh based in South Carolina. Uh been married for almost 25 years. Uh married to a, a great author as a matter of fact. Um but I I've, I've been doing I guess ministry work for about 30 years working with other nonprofits have my own nonprofit. Uh, I help a lot of other uh, nonprofits with fundraising and and donor development, and then do a lot of pastoral consulting for for ministries and and individuals as well. So a lot of irons in the fire, but but I like that it keeps me busy. Mm-hmm. And you just released the loneliness solution: finding meaningful connection in a disconnected world. Wow, it's like a toolkit for people. Suffering from loneliness, and also for those of us, you know, maybe who who need to take some responsibility for for more kindness and and empathy in the world. Are you seeing the numbers rising when it comes to loneliness? Yeah, I I I, I don't know if they're rising or just because you know while you and I are talking, we're we're we are in the midst of actually I'm, I'm going to by faith say we're coming out of and get it getting to the end of hopefully a pandemic. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I, I think loneliness actually from, from what I studied uh, with research, uh, loneliness was an epidemic long before, you know, the coronavirus. but, but now because it's obviously very visible with what we're all going through, uh, it's maybe the spotlight is on it a little bit brighter. Because uh, it it is an issue, and um, yeah, I I didn't even know really that's what I was going to wind up writing about. The original, my original heart uh, for for the book, and it comes out toward the toward the latter half of the book, is just the power of community and togetherness. And so when I was talking to the publisher, my friends at Ravel, um, they're like, "That's great, we love that. It's definitely that's definitely important." But here here's maybe a question before that, and that question is, "Are we even together?" And so I started researching, finding out what it looks like we're together and we are connected, but are we really connected? And um, then I discovered, you know, all all the age groups. I mean, it looks like there's no, uh, you know, loneliness is an equal opportunity offender. I like to say there's no group Mm -hmm. that's that's not experienced loneliness, but it does look like, you know, uh, the millennial Gen Z 18 to 24 that has never known life without social media, never known life without the internet, you know, never known life without uh, cell phones and, and computers and all that kind of stuff. Um, they seemingly are the uh, lonely, loneliest group of people. Uh, but then there are older folks who maybe have lost a, a spouse or a lifelong partner that they've had for 40, 50 years, and then all of a sudden, boom, they're lonely. Uh, so it, it hits all age groups. There's really, uh, we're all affected by this whole issue. And again, now that we're uh, talking about a pandemic going on, people are like, "Wow, it's just we we got to be careful that we don't get lonely." Well, you know, this was an issue really before COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. I understand the loneliness that could come 
from losing a lifelong partner. I understand the loneliness, even from, you know, perhaps someday being an empty nester. What's confusing to me is it seems that the loneliness of the younger generation, that's confusing to me because because they have phones. They have a thousand ways to interact with people every day. So what's causing loneliness in that generation in particular? Well, I, th- I think a lot of it is, is uh, there, there are several things. The first one I think is just, uh, you know, the way they do connect now. Uh, and largely, especially the last several months, it's been on a screen. It's been virtual. Uh, and so there's there's some, some things that you can do when you communicate that you can get away with <laughs> when somebody's on a screen uh, that you might not do if they were sitting across the table from you. Um, and so I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday. He has a couple of teenagers, and he one of his uh, kids, his, da- his daughter, is in middle school, and he said he walked into – uh, the kitchen and she's got, you know, 10 of her friends are on zoom and they're all talking and chatting. And he said, she is nowhere near that outgoing when they come over or if he, if she's out in public with them, she's totally different. So social media really is kind of redefined, maybe even rewired the way that generation connects. Uh, and so when it comes to, you know, having, uh, maybe what you and I would consider more intentional conversations or conversations that have more depth and meat to them, it's harder for them to actually do that because they've been used to just transactionally, uh, you know, communicating through these digital devices. So social media, I think, is 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 a part of it that plays into that challenge for them. Uh, I mean, we we've redefined friendship. Now you can, you know, they can add and subtract friends at will with a mouse click on social media. Oh, I like you. No, I don't. You're my friend. Nope, not anymore. Um, wow. And yeah. <laughs> so wow. it's really like. Is that really what friendship is about? But that's mm-hmm. how they've grown up with with friendship. Mm-hmm. So they haven't really, we haven't done a good job. Those of us who are older maybe haven't done a great job of showing them, no, this is what real friendship is. Uh, this is even what biblical, uh, the definition of friendship would be. This is what real relationships are. Social media, technology, digital stuff has really uh, redefined that. So I think that is a part of it. I think the breakdown of the family is a part plays into that as far as connectivity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tech, technology as a whole, just not just social media, but just our world. We're so fast paced. I mean, wow. I left my house the other day and I, you know, I dropped off the dry cleaning, swung through the drive through, got food, went to the bank, got money. I did all that, <laughs> never left the comfort of my car. Mm-hmm. And so I think even this generation sees that. So they think everything's supposed to happen quickly. Well, if I want to have a friend, boom, 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 click, 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 do this. They're my friend. No, it requires a lot more uh, intentionality, investment, uh, you know, really getting to know somebody. So uh, culture has not done a great job. Uh, and maybe we haven't done a great job either as older folks helping this generation really understand uh, real relationships. Mm-hmm. Two things that that came to mind as you were talking. The first is I have a, a son who's a freshman in high school, and I have said to him, but now after talking to you, I'm going to reiterate to him that someday when you decide you want to ask a girl out, don't you dare do it on text. I said, you are to do it in person. <laughs> you know, you can, you need to call her on the phone or talk to her in person. And then conversely, when you decide that you no longer want to have someone as a girlfriend, don't you dare break up with them on text. <laughs> I said, you need to have a face-to-face conversation. He's like, oh, mom, like, cause he's just not there yet. Right. So 
<laughs> no, you're 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 right. I mean, it, it it's so true. It, and even again, I don't think social media is all bad. I don't think it's the, the singular culprit at, at creating loneliness. Or, or or maybe even another friend of mine said it this way: We've created these false shrines of Twitter and Instagram that have replaced the the, the genuineness of friendship. But but I do think uh, you know to your point. Um, we we uh, post or we say things a lot on social media uh, that we we wouldn't do to somebody in person. I mean, if we disagree with them on social media, well, okay, click check. I'm not going to see your opinion anymore. Yeah. And life's not real. Life is not like that. Digital life is like that, but real life is not like that. If it was, man, it would be it'd be really nice, wouldn't it? If we <laughs> if we had somebody in our community or our uh, workplace or somebody we didn't agree with, okay, click. I don't have to see you anymore. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have to write books on dealing with difficult people, right? Or kindness, because we, right. we wouldn't need kindness because we would just all be getting rid of the people we don't like. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Oh, I like that. Well, the other thing that I was thinking about when um, when you were just talking was um, was something that just totally lost left my mind. Now, don't you hate that when that happens? Hey, that happens to me all the time. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's gone. It's like poof. Well, it'll come back because it always does eventually, probably at two o'clock in the morning. So uh, we'll just move on. And, <laughs> and well, and I, I I think one thing that that came to my mind too when you said that when when we're we're talking about uh, social media and especially that age, you know what what we have tried to do, and I think maybe what social media has tried to do, culture has tried to do this again. Social media is not all bad. Um, I, I love social media. I mean, uh, we, we, we are connecting on that. We're, we're doing a podcast that's going to be promoted through social media. So it's not all bad. But I, I do think in our attempt to, uh, to bring uh, significance, maybe, or um, legitimacy, maybe is another good word, to certain groups of people, we have created all these all these divisions, which is really easy to do on social media. Well, you're in this group, you're in this group, you're in this group, you're in this group. And in, in trying to maybe bring legitimacy and credibility to all those different groups, we have so fractured uh, and dismembered, uh, and this even happens in the church, so we've so dismembered the body uh, of Christ, we've so dismembered community. We wonder why we don't have community. It's because we have all these factions that we've created, mm -hmm. thinking that we were giving empowering people but really we're not empowering them we're doing the opposite mm -hmm. <laughs> we're, we're cutting our, our legs out from under us and and eliminating community so all these things you know social media the home uh, technology just our fast-paced society um you, you know we really are very unique uh you, you know europe uh north america we're unique. We like to think the whole world operates like we do. It really doesn't. The vast majority of the world doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, you think about uh, the Dominican Republic and other third world countries, uh, countries in Africa. Part part of the reason they have such a better, uh, do a better job at community is because at the end of the day, if they don't depend on one another, they die. Oh, you know, yeah. they die of hunger. They die of, of starvation. They die because they can't they can't get water because nobody worked together to dig the ditch from the river, you know, 50 miles away to their little tribe, to their little village or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, you look at some of these things and you just think, wow, it looks like we're progressing and we're like this great modern civilization, but 
are we really? Are we really? <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right. We cut off our own hands, you know, really. And when you yeah. were yeah. when you were talking about, you know, you went to you can go get food and go to the post office or not not post office, but go to the bank and, and run all of these errands without ever getting out of your car. And I think about who do I know in my community? I've lived here a year and a half. The people that I I really enjoy in my community are the people who work at many of those places. You know, so there's a woman named Joelle who works at a, a restaurant that I like to go get um uh takeout from. And so I'll go into the restaurant and I'll get to talk with her and how are you doing? And I know about her kids and what, you know, how the tennis player child is doing in, in how she did in her mm. last tournament, you know? And it's, it's like, if I didn't have that, I don't know that I would know anybody in town because, yes. you know, and then I can see then where loneliness really becomes a factor because you feel like you are doing it alone because I don't need help digging, you know, I don't need help getting water into my house, that sort of thing. Maybe I right. hire a plumber, but really, um, it, it seems like we need to strive a little bit to to create that connection with other people. And, and so I guess my question is, you know, is it the responsibility of the person who's feeling lonely to create that connection? Or is it the responsibility of those of us who are already embedded in the community to to help include how do we form that unity again yeah that's a that's a great question i i think it's both i do think it's both uh it's much harder obviously for those of us who find ourselves lonely to reach out especially during what what you may be in the midst of right now uh you know as you're listening to this in our our community our country the, the world what we've been facing the last several months but um but but yeah if you're in that position of feeling lonely you, you do have to kind of uh, when you when you come to that realization, okay, well, I'm lonely. You have to decide what you're gonna, what are you gonna do about it? Um, you know, and we've all heard this. You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. <laughs> you think you're just gonna get get out of being lonely? You're you're not. So there is a responsibility on your end. And some of that is being willing to um, make an investment of time and energy to find some way to connect. Uh, and there are a lot of ways to do that there that you, you can you can find like minded individuals it doesn't necessarily have to be a faith community. Uh, I would say that's probably the strongest place where you where you can find uh, a solution to loneliness. But it could be, hey, I, I love golf, so I'm going to go golfing or it could be I like to work out. So you're going to find a group of friends to go work out. Um, but you, you've got to do something on your side if you if you find yourself lonely. I, I have a a Gen Z friend the other day, and he, he's not plugged in anywhere to any kind of community. And he, he's lonely. He's not yet admitted that yet, but he, he has admitted he wants community, but not yet admitted that he's lonely. Mm -hmm. And I just said, uh, why don't you get plugged in here? Why don't you get plugged in there? And I, I mentioned a faith community. And his answer was, well, I've been there. I've done that. I've already tried that. It didn't mm -hmm. work. And I said to him, I said, man, I got a question for you. He said, okay. I said, have you ever gone to a restaurant and maybe you had bad food or bad service? And he's like, absolutely. Yeah, sure. I said, so did you quit going out to eat? Did you just <laughs> forsake ever going to restaurants ever again? He's like, no. I'm like, well, that's the way community is. You have to continue to make an investment. So if you're, if you're the person saying I'm lonely, you've got to be willing to make an investment of time. And for those of us who, who, who would say, wow, we've got community, we need to be more observant of those people around us that might be lonely. 
because it's very easy once you find a great community and you're plugged in, and especially if it's a faith community and you're growing and uh, you're challenging your faith and life is great. And and, and for me, I'm uh, you know I'm old, uh, 51, and it took it took me several decades to find that kind of faith community. So I'm, I, I know it doesn't happen overnight for some people. Um, but but I would say to you, uh, you're created that way. God wired you that way, and you're never going to be truly uh, joyful till you get plugged into that com- kind of community. So once you do find it, uh, to to your point, it's now our turn to be observant of other people who don't have it. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy once you get connected and life is great for your eyes to turn inward and, <laughs> and not to realize it. It's not just you four and no more, you know, the frozen chosen. It's look around and see who else <laughs> needs to find community because uh, people are everywhere. I mean, uh, as we all can see, uh, you know, go go into any coffee shop. Uh, and I did a lot of that when I was writing this book. And you would see groups of people sitting together, not even talking to each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were mm-hmm. all on their digital device. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> We'll get back to our conversation about loneliness with Jack Eason in just a moment. But first, our kindness call. Hi, my name is Mike Dramstead and kindness story. Well, the only thing I can think of uh, is something that my wife and I have done every time we go on vacation. Um, When we would go on vacation, we would always pick one restaurant, one waiter or waitress or server or whatever you would call them. And we always wanted to try and make their day. So we would always interact and talk to them. Um, Our kids were really big into music, just kind of a natural talent, violin, drums, piano. And uh, this one time we met a gal, it was at uh, uh, Joe's Crab Shack. I can't remember where, might have been in Wisconsin. Wisconsin or or Michigan. Uh, Anyway, um, we talked to her and she was talking about how hard it was to make ends meet and how hard it was to, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for, Uh, to give her child what her child needed. And she talked about music and all this stuff. And um, sorry, my radio is actually interrupting me here. But uh, long story short, we always try to tip them well. So it was such a great story that we um, left a $200 tip on our our meal and there were four of us, my two kids and my wife and I. And this gal ran out of the restaurant and asked us, you know, did you make a mistake? Did you add too many zeros? This can't be right. And we said, no, why don't you go buy your kid a musical instrument and uh, try and find them some lessons and and sometimes there are scholarship programs with music programs especially if you're in need that will help pay for those lessons and we thought maybe this could get you started so that's we tried to do that every time we went on vacations so it was always just part of our petty cash we're going to give this person or or tip them with the credit card an extra amount so that's our act of kindness did you know you can be on the kindness podcast Call the Kindness Hotline with your story. You can leave us a voicemail at the number in the description of this podcast. Now, back to the show. 
I have suffered in the past with social anxiety. Um, and it, at some points, it was very, very difficult for me to um, to walk into a room of people that I didn't know if I didn't have a specific role. You know, if I was there as a speaker or something like that, it was like, yeah, okay, I'm, I am in a role. I have a hat to wear. But if I was walking into a graduation party and I didn't have a hat to wear, I would feel very uncomfortable. And one of the things that um, it was suggested that I do was to look around the room and find someone who looked more uncomfortable than me. And to be mm, the person yeah. who goes up and initiates a conversation with that person. And that really helped me a lot because it's, you know, it, it just, it put me in the role of saying, okay, I have something to offer and perhaps this person wants it. Perhaps they don't, but you know, <laughs> mm, <laughs> you know, yeah. you're able to meet somebody else. And so I do feel, feel like when you say like, look around, like, yes, whether you have your group or you don't, Look around. It's powerful. That's good. That's good. It, well, it is, and it, it, it is helpful, um, not only for that person, but like you said, for yourself. That's good stuff. So your content from The Loneliness Solution really comes from serving in ministry for 30 years, and 30 years ago, you started Crossover Cups Mission. Can you talk about what that is? Yeah, uh, we've we've done a lot over 30 years. I was telling my wife uh, yesterday. I said I, I feel like I've had many careers, and you know maybe that I'm I'm schizophrenic or something because I've done <laughs> things Jumping. over these yeah. three decades. Um, uh, I traveled a while early on, and then uh, was 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 back in my late 20s, 30s. Was in a band for 10 years, leading worship as a part of of our. Nonprofit. We did a syndicated radio show for about 15 years and a television show and camp ministry. All that kind of was great, um, but we kind of morphed into a new entity about 12 years ago when we um, partnered with a friend, and uh, basically we have a mission in the Dominican Republic, uh, which depending on which statistic you want to read online is number five, six, seven in the world uh, for human trafficking. And, uh, you know, young young boys as well as girls are subject to human trafficking, but, but again, because of poverty. And mm -hmm. so they are lured out into the streets. So we have about 600 kids in our programs and families that we work with in multiple villages on the northern coast. And, uh, and, and it's a joy. And I really have learned a lot about the power of togetherness and the power of community, as I mentioned a moment ago, from, from my friends down there who don't have a lot of what we would say are the, the modern uh you know, mo great modern things that we have here. Um, yeah, sure, they've got cell phones and things like that, but uh, but they know that sometimes their survival depends on one another. So anyway, it's been a blessing to to be down there and uh, uh, to see what God is doing and and uh, have have learned a lot. We have teams that come down throughout the year uh, that serve and and are able to you know be be firsthand involved and plugged in with uh, with a working mission. Do you feel like the people who are the people who are the missionaries, the people who are working, um, and also probably for just ministry leaders in general, do you feel like there's um, a higher level of loneliness or burnout um, than maybe in the general population? Yeah, I do. Uh, and, you know, for 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 our team down there, you know, we've got a great team down there. Most of them are, are native Dominicans. Our director and his wife are from Mexico, but Spanish speaking, obviously. 
and they they heavily lean on one another and i think one of the things that they they have learned in their uh 12 years of serving there and with the other uh local missionaries that serve there among the people uh are are things that we also uh, a lot of ministry people here in the states and leaders like yourself have learned uh and, and that is um when when you're in that role of feeding other people uh you you can never neglect feeding yourself mm-hmm. and i i think in my in my own life the times that i have been the loneliest are times that i got too busy uh from the ultimate connection which is the connection to christ to to feed myself and uh, i was talking to a, a ministry pastor friend of mine yesterday and we were talking about this this very issue and he's like he's like you know I, there's so many of uh, so many of our mutual friends just to be really honest over the last couple of years who found themselves lonely and there's two ways out of loneliness there's there's a, a good way which is the things that we're talking about today and then there's some bad alternatives and he and I both were talking about some of our friends in the last 12 14 months have chosen bad alternatives and many times it's it's ending their lives mm-hmm. because they find themselves so lonely because they don't feel like well I'm a pastor of a church I can't tell my congregation these things that I struggle with because they'll think less of me mm-hmm. uh so who am I going to tell I can't tell my wife because you know uh she's she's depending on me to be her pastor too And so all, there's all these things that we conjure up in our brains that may or may not be legitimate but they wind up putting us uh isolating ourselves. And you know one of the things that I discovered and this is true whether you're a leader or not a leader um we we can respond to things that are pressures in our lives a lot of different ways. Solitude is good. Solitude is like intentional. I'm going to I'm going to go off and I'm going to be alone with God for a while or I'm going to just have some me time. That's good. Mm-hmm. Isolation is not good. Mm-hmm. Because isolation is us moving in the wrong direction. And so if if you're a ministry leader and you're listening, you know, obviously I would encourage you you got to stay connected with your source, which is God. And then you got to find I, I I this is not an original thought Nicole but I I like to call them uh, people uh, Jesus with skin on you got to find some flesh and bone bone people that love you enough that will be honest with you and not only hold you accountable but check in with you and man how's it going you know mm-hmm. and and is there anything going on you just don't feel like you can talk to anybody else about I, I'm I'm here for you and um it's taken me 3 decades but I have about 6 people like that that have my permission to call me anytime day or night and just fire away on any question they want and some of that you know uh challenges me to uh, to do things or not do things uh, but it prevents me from being lonely because i know they really care about me and ultimately you know again it goes back to their their real friends <laughs> right <laughs> that's what it goes back to their real friends who love me unconditionally they're not digital friends they're not facebook friends they are real friends uh you know friends that i could call at 2 a.m. and they would answer the phone and they would come to my house if i needed them to uh you know i've got well, i don't know how many it is 3500 facebook friends and of those there might be six or seven that would come to my house at 2 a.m. right so we're we're getting back to really redefining what friendship really is and so if you're a ministry leader uh wow you've got to really find Uh, friends that will love you and uh keep you from making bad decisions and and uh, a lot of those happen when you feel, find yourself lonely. Mhm. And it it feels like it just came full circle, you know, like with with friendship, like may we 
may we have that friend and may we be that friend both, you know, in real life, not digital. Before I let you go, Jack, this has just been such a pleasure. I'm, I'm wondering if you have a favorite kindness story you'd like to share with our listeners today, something maybe you've done and that just made you feel just wonderful or a time when kindness showed up for you just when you needed it. Wow. Yeah. Well, w- one that comes to mind, and I, I share this in the book, and I, I definitely don't want it to come across as tooting my horn because so many people have been kind kind to me. Um, but I think one of the things that you, one, one of the benefits of being in community is the ability to be kind to one another. Because mm-hmm. it's hard to be kind by by yourself. <laughs> right. Right. You need to have someone to be kind to. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, you you have to engage with somebody to show kindness, uh, which is community. And uh, but you you discover sometimes the needs of people. Uh, that's one of the benefits of community is discovering people's needs. And um, we had this uh, group small group in our house uh, for about three years um, and uh, Bible study, and it was about twenty people or so. And over the three years, we got to be really close. And long story short, one of the one of the couples, the husband had served in the military, he'd served in, um, in uh, Afghanistan, I think it was. And there were some chemical warfare things that happened. He didn't know when he was there, he got home, his body was ravaged. He couldn't keep a job. He was in and out of the hospital all the time, always sick. Um, they had four kids. Uh, so his wife was taking care of kids. So, I mean, we find out, um, uh, after they had been plugging in with us a few months that they were about to lose their house mm. and, uh, they were, four or five, six months behind on their mortgage. And so our group of about 25 or 30, uh, kind of behind their back, not knowing about it, started taking collection. And they, they come to Bible study the next night. And uh, we one of our guys presented this basket uh, to them. Some A lot of us had written checks. Somebody put, some had put cash in there. You know, some gifts were big, some gifts were small. It really wasn't about what was given. It was just about we all we all participated, which was great. Mm-hmm. And it was enough money to keep them in their house, catch them up and keep them in their house an extra couple months so they could get back on track. And I'll never forget this guy, the husband, the military guy, his reaction. He just started weeping. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to find words to say. And all he could just say is, I, why, 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 why? Why would you guys do this? Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm the Bible study leader, so I'm trying to think of some great, profound, spiritual answer. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody in our group just leans forward and, and says to him, man, that's what family does. Oh. That's what family does. Family takes care of each other. And I thought, wow. Yep. Wow. I mean, that's that's the power of community. And you get, you get the opportunity to just to demonstrate kindness when you're in community, which is one of the solutions to loneliness. So um, just powerful stuff. It's awesome that God wired us to be connected, to do things like that, to demonstrate kindness uh, in his name and eliminate loneliness because we're in community. So what a, what a great gift. What a great gift. Mm-hmm. What a great gift you've given us, Jack, with your book, The Loneliness Solution, Finding Meaningful Connection in a Disconnected World. Thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today. I really, really appreciate it. Ah, thank you, Nicole. And uh, thanks for your book, too. I'm, I've been spreading it around, and we're going to get you to South Carolina sometime soon, I hope. 
I sure hope so. It'll be warmer than South Dakota. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds great. That was a conversation with author Jack Eason. His book, The Loneliness Solution, is available wherever books are sold. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast wherever you listen and find us on social media at Kindness Podcast. If you like the show, please spread some kindness in the review section. And check out my new book, The Negativity Remedy, now available in stores. Thank you.